From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, thanks for tuning in and joining us on this Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. Well, coming up on this edition of Washington Watch, as anti-Israeli, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas rallies encircled the globe, Israel is now forced to not only fight Hamas, but the Western media. This is not a local battle. This is a global battle. The paramount need is to defeat this axis. That battle is now being waged by us against Hamas in Gaza. There is no substitute for victory. That was Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu earlier today at a meeting with several foreign ambassadors. Meanwhile, the Biden administration continues to push Israel to push the pause button in their efforts to protect their nation from Hamas. As I discussed the other day, when it comes to humanitarian pauses, we're engaged with the Israelis on the particular practicalities of that. One critical aspect, though, is seeing progress on, uh, on hostages. That's something we're uh, intensely focused on. But we also believe that a, a pause could help uh, advance that proposition as well. That was Secretary of State Antony Blinken earlier today. However, Israeli Ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan, said this yesterday on CNN's State of the Union. We are on the brink of a catastrophe, even here in the United States. Uh, we see now thousands of uh, people chanting death to Israel, death to the Jews. We see uh, Jewish students all across the United States on college campuses. They are being threatened not only by other students, by their professors and presidents of universities cannot even condemn the terror uh, attacks. We'll talk with Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas a little later on the program. And speaking of pro-Palestinian rallies, tens of thousands of Hamas sympathizers converged on the White House here in D.C. on Saturday, pressing in on the gates of the White House, painting the stone entrance with red paint to simulate bloody hands. One man scaled the fence. But guess what? Guess what? No arrest at the White House. Mike Davis, founder, Article 3 Project, former chief counsel for nominations to the Senate Judiciary Committee, joins me for that conversation. Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama has pushed the pause button on automatically approved military promotions until the Biden Department of Defense stops spending taxpayer dollars to facilitate abortions among the troops. Now, last week in a troubling turn of events, some of Coach's Republican colleagues who claim to be pro-life have joined with Democrats to attack him. And it's simply a, in my opinion, a, an abuse of the powers we have as senators to say if there's something we vehemently disagree with, that we're going to use that power to hold up the promotion of over 350 men and women in our military. That was Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Coach Tuberville joins us in just a moment. Voters will go to the polls tomorrow in several states, including Ohio, where pro-abortion groups have put an amendment on the ballot that, if approved, will put the Buckeye State on par with California and New York when it comes to abortion. The pro side in this has spent about $35 million uh, to try to mislead the voters of the state of Ohio. But our message is really, really clear. This is just, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, this is just much, much too far. That was Ohio Governor Mike DeWine yesterday on Fox News Sunday. We'll get the details of Ohio's issue one with Ohio's Attorney General, Dave Yost, later on in the program. And finally, parents and Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Instruction Ryan Walters have textbook publishers retreating from the Sooner State. Why? 
Superintendent Walters will be here to tell us why later. Our word for today comes from the book of Titus, where Paul gives Titus insight into selecting leaders. Verse 5 of chapter 1, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. You know, it should be evident to us, but I'm not sure that it is. But leadership is needed. Division, deception, and disappointment fill the vacuum created by the absence of godly leadership that's both proficient and prepared. Well, Paul continues in verse 6, If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination. Notice that the home is the testing and proving ground for leadership. Leadership or the absence of it in the home is most readily seen, but most often ignored in evaluating a leader. If someone can't manage their family, their home, how can they manage a church, a state, or even a nation? Something to think about. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org Bible. Tomorrow, November the 7th, is Election Day. As I mentioned, in many parts of the country, there are state legislative votes in Virginia, New Jersey, and governor's races in Mississippi and Kentucky. Also, early voting continues in my home state of Louisiana. To find out how you can uh, be more involved, know what's on the ballot, visit frcaction.org for resources and more information. But be sure and vote. For the last nine months, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville has protested the Biden Defense Department's illegal and immoral policy of using taxpayer dollars to facilitate abortions in the military. Now, since Chuck Schumer, the scare leader in the Senate, controls the bills that go to the floor, the only tool available to a senator has been to object to the unanimous consent of military promotions. Now, what does that mean? Well, it actually means the Senate has to vote on each one of these promotions. It doesn't stop them. It just makes them have to vote. Well, Senator Tuberville's grown accustomed to attacks by pro-abortion Democrats, but last week, the attacks came from his own side. Now, over the weekend, my friend Senator Mike Lee of Utah sent me a tweet that he had just posted, and it read as follows, quote, one can't proudly wear the pro-life label while attacking those who are waging pro-life war. Hashtag stand with Coach Tuberville. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Armed Services Committee and the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Senator, welcome back to the program. Good to see you. Thank you, Tony. You know, I I reposted uh, Mike Lee's uh, tweet with, I think, an analogy that's more fitting. If you're wearing the pro-life jersey, don't sack the quarterback. I mean, you've been in the pocket there drawing attention to this issue, were you surprised that you had some of your own Republican colleagues go to the floor and attack you last week? Well, not really. Uh, sooner or later, people are going to step up and 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 hopefully come up with a, a solution to this, but it was more of coming up and kind of pounding me, wondering, what are you doing? Uh, unfortunately, for the last nine months, I've been doing the same thing I did last week uh, probably 15, 16 times against Democrats. Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer, Jack Reed, uh, Senator Bennett. This time it was Republicans. And, uh, you know, I, I think people are get, kind of getting frustrated, but we need to find solutions, Tony. Uh, solutions are how, that's what's going to stop this problem. Uh, the, the Israeli uh, Hamas war kind of, I think, kind of heated it up a little bit. They're hollering at me because they think it's readiness. Hey, I'm not in charge of readiness. Uh, the people over in the Pentagon are in charge of readiness. Uh, this is not hurting readiness. Every job is filled. 
but as you said, uh, most people don't understand this. I'm not holding up nominations. I just don't want them to do it all at one time, three or 400 of them. They can bring up two or three a day, but they don't do it. Now, the Pentagon continues to claim your holds are a threat, as you said, to national security, military readiness. But since they could end this overnight, they must consider abortion more important than national security, because this could go away if they simply go back to the policy that the Congress approved. Exactly, Tony. That's been one of my talking points. They could very easily change this policy back. And if they did that, they'd have every one of their nominations confirmed at the snap of a finger. Uh, but they care more about, you know, abortion and having a handle on abortion and pushing abortion on the taxpayers than they do about national security. They're talking about me. They are the ones stopping national and preventing us from having national security. So let me ask you this, Senator Tuberville. Um, how many conversations have you had with President Biden about this? And how many times has the Secretary of Defense sat down to talk with you about how this could be solved? I've talked to the Secretary of Defense a couple of times, uh, three times on the phone. Uh, the last one was, I think, in June, a uh, couple of minutes. But that, you know, they, he's not going to give or take. And he said, I just want you to drop the holes. I said, I'm not going to do it. Uh, President Biden has complained about it. Uh, I've been waiting for a phone call. I will go to the Oval Office and sit down with him and explain to him what I'm doing, how we can work through this uh, if we wanted to work through it together. But they don't want any conversation. They want all the heat to build on me. Now they've started in our our conference in terms of the Republicans coming out. And, uh, you know, but that doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I'm going to hold steadfast. This is a uh, executive overreach by Joe Biden and, and his administration. And the taxpayers are having to pay something, something for abortion. And that is against the law. Now, let me, let me be very clear about this. So there's been no effort to sit down and work out a way forward on this. It's just, uh, Senator, we don't like your whole drop it. Uh, or silence, but no, let's see how we can come to an agreement and reach a policy that's acceptable. My way or the highway, Tony, that's what they're saying. Now, tomorrow, uh, we're getting together, and I've, I've, I've signed a petition, and you have to do that to get a, all your uh, conference uh, members to, to have a group uh, conference. We're doing that tomorrow, I think, 3 or 3.30 here on Capitol Hill. Uh, I'm going to let everybody uh, vent their frustrations. I'm going to give them my side of the story. This is only Republicans, and I'm going to ask for solutions. I mean, it, there's got to be solutions. But again, we started at zero nine months ago. We had no promotions outstanding. Now, because we've sat around and not done much and looked for solutions as a group or tried to push these through one at a time with a petition like I've done the last uh, few weeks is, uh, you know, we've, we've run into a, a brick wall and everybody's hollering readiness. But again, uh, Secretary of Defense is in charge of readiness. Has uh, Senator Schumer, the Senate uh, scare leader, uh, Senate majority leader, has he put forward a, a piece of legislation that would codify this change into law? Has he allowed the Senate to vote on this? No, no. And that's what I've been asking for. Hey, just send the law over we'll, and vote on it. You know, it won't pass, Tony, because they would have some very bad votes on some of the uh, members that have elections in one year. So... They don't want to vote. They just want to push it over on the Republicans, uh, tell us what to do. Uh, the only power we have here, as most people know, is put a hold on something. That's the reason I'm doing this. They've won every battle since I've been here in three years. 
And this is one that they're not going to win without at least some conversation, a little bit of negotiation. And if you, you're seeing Gaza and Israel, you see in Ukraine and Russia, and you see in this deal, there's no, there's no negotiation skills from this White House. It's their way or the highway. They don't want to negotiate, but they're going, they're going to have to do something different here because uh, they're going to run into not having anybody promoted, and we're going on a year. So, so Senator Tuberville, just so our, our viewers and listeners understand this, this is the legislative process. This is one of the tools in the toolkit for the minority party, especially when you have one that's just ramming everything through. This is one of, if not the only way, you can be heard on this. That's the only way. I mean, it's the only way we can we can get anything done here when you're on the on the minority side. Same thing. Hopefully, when we take the Senate, they'll have the same problem. But Tony tomorrow, it looks like they're thinking about doing a resolution, uh, Chuck Schumer, and bringing a resolution after the now. It's out of it'll be out of the uh, rules committee of voting on it to try to get 60 votes where they can shut me down. Now they'll need nine Republicans to vote on this. I'm sure they'll get a few. Hopefully they don't get nine, because if they do this, they'll set a precedent that's never happened in the Senate, just breaking the rules, just burning the Senate down uh, without any thought. Uh, they need to really think about what they're doing. So uh, we're up against a break, Senator, but our, our folks should be calling their senators and saying them not to vote for a rule change. Is that correct? Exactly right. Exactly right. Let us do our job. Let us put holes on. Let them think about it. Let them work out a decision. Move the policy back and let's vote on it. That's all I'm asking. All right. Senator Tommy Tuberville, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you as always. And thanks for standing for the unborn and for the rule of law. Thank you, Tony. God bless. All right, folks. Uh, Capital switchboard number 202-224-3121. You got your homework for today. All right. Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, is next. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold 
or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, if you uh, need more information about tomorrow's election, if you want to get a copy of the voter guide, text GUIDE to 67742. That's GUIDE to 67742. Earlier today, the Israeli military announced it has encircled an isolated Gaza city following a large-scale attack on Hamas's terrorist infrastructure, both above and below ground. As Israeli forces continue their progress against its terrorist attackers, it has resisted calls for a ceasefire or pause, which would allow Hamas to regroup and attack again. Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke in Turkey this morning, repeating his warning to Iranian-backed adversaries that attacks on U.S. forces will be met with reprisals. But as President Biden's anemic record as commander-in-chief, as well as his call for a pause in uprooting the Hamas regime in Gaza emboldened our adversaries and Israel's adversaries. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Armed Services Committee and the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. He joins us now by phone. Senator Cotton, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good evening, Tony, and thank you. It's good to be back on with you. So you serve on the Senate Select Com- Subcommittee on uh, Committee on Intelligence. What's the latest you can share on the progress of Israel's forces? Well, Tony, as you reported, uh, the IDF has acknowledged that they have cut off Gaza City, which is the northern half of the Gaza Strip and the most densely populated, also the one that is uh, most infested with Hamas terrorists. That's a good thing. Um, I would expect, based on what I know about Israel's operation, that once they have isolated Gaza City, they will slowly conduct what you might call in layman's terms search and destroy missions throughout the city to identify Hamas leaders and fighters, their infrastructure, especially their tunnel infrastructure, which they uh, use to move and communicate and hide and ultimately attack Israel. Uh, What they need from America, more than anything, Tony, more than bullets or weapons or bombs, is time and freedom of action. They don't need Joe Biden and Tony Blinken putting immense pressure on them behind the scenes to impose something called a humanitarian pause, which is a little more than a timeout for Hamas to collect itself and to get its fighters uh, nursed and uh, if they're wounded or fed, 
if they're hungry, get them water if they're thirsty, nor do they need Joe Biden running around talking about how we give so-called humanitarian aid to Gaza, which under present conditions is little more than resupply for Hamas terrorists. Hamas, after all, is the governing authority in Gaza. When aid is provided to that country, it's not hijacked by Hamas, it's not diverted, it's not commandeered, it's accepted by Hamas. And of course, it doesn't go first to orphans and women and nursing infants. It goes to thirsty, hungry, wounded Hamas fighters. So what we need to do right now is back Israel to the hilt as they undertake what will be a very tough campaign to fully eradicate Hamas, not just as a terrorist organization, but as a governing authority and a social movement. Uh, Senator Cotton, I, I've read reports where Hamas is actually sitting on uh, a lot of fuel. Uh, they're sitting on supplies that they are not directing to the citizens of Gaza. They could really care less about the citizens. They're keeping it for themselves. And as you said, anything that would come in uh, would be directed for their purposes, not for the well-being of the citizens. Yeah, Tony, that's exactly right. Hamas has, uh, by some measures, hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel that has stockpiled inside of Gaza. <clears throat> Israel is currently letting in water, food, and medicines. Uh, again, I, I think that probably serves Hamas's interest first, not um, ordinary Gazans. But they're not let, letting in fuel because fuel is like providing Hamas with weapons directly. They use fuel, for instance, to run the generators that operate the lights and the HVAC systems in their tunnels, which make the tunnels livable for their fighters. They use fuel for their rockets that they are still launching to this day directly into civilian populations in Israel. But Hamas is sitting on hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel. Yet I can share with your listeners that Joe Biden and Tony Blinken are intensely pressuring the government of Israel secretly to actually allow more fuel into Gaza which is the height of folly. So, Senator Cotton, how is Iran interpreting all of this? Well, as, as you suggested, Tony, Iran is emboldened, just like they've been emboldened for 11 years under the Obama-Biden administrations. Uh, they believe that they can fund these proxy terrorist groups like Hamas or Hezbollah, or Kitab Hezbollah in Iraq. They can unleash them to attack America and Israel and get away with it. And what does Joe Biden do? Well, first off, he and Tony Blinken and Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, were saying a couple weeks ago that if Iran attacks any American, there'll be consequences. I really didn't know what they were talking about. They were asking, hadn't already been attacking Americans. And finally, when they screw up their courage for their big reprisal, what do they do? They shoot at some empty proxy warehouses in eastern Syria. Again, Tony, Iran has a proxy strategy to use these proxy terrorist groups to attack us in Israel and then deny responsibility. When all we do is attack their proxies, it doesn't scare Iran. It doesn't deter Iran. It validates Iran's proxy strategy. Right. After we hit those empty warehouses in Syria, they were probably high-fiving in Tehran. What they need to do is what Sean Connery's character Jim Malone from The Untouchables said was the Chicago way. If they send one of ours to the hospital, we send one of theirs to the morgue, preferably 10 of theirs.
This is, they treat their proxies no differently than Hamas treats their citizens in Gaza. They're expendable. Uh, they have a, a purpose that they're pursuing, and it doesn't matter who is collateral damage to them. Uh, Senator, we're out of time. Always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony. Senator Tom Cotton of uh, Arkansas. You know, I also think, and we didn't have time to talk with Senator Cotton about it, we, we are here momentarily in our final block. I, I think there's a connection as well with what we've seen on the streets of America, what happened here in the District of Columbia, where they, they marched on the White House, literally pushing on the gates, putting red paint as handprints on the stone gate and, and yelling Allah Akbar here in our nation's capital, tens of thousands. I think it speaks to the weakness of America. We're going to talk about that later. But next, we're going to be talking to the superintendent. We're going to actually be talking to the attorney general of Ohio. Dave Yost joins us next. Don't go away. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. All right, tomorrow is Election Day in several states. And if you want to know um, what's on the ballot, candidates, where they stand on issues, we've got uh, governor's races in Kentucky and Mississippi. We've got legislative races in Virginia and New Jersey. And we have early voting continuing to take place in Louisiana. And, by the way, go to just text guide to 67742 and you can get a link and you can actually see the guide. But in Ohio, uh, abortion is on the ballot. 
and voters can protect life by voting no on issue one. The pro-abortion community has literally put millions of dollars into Ohio to put this on the ballot, and it's become a, a, a cause for the national abortion industry. And they want to enshrine abortion through all nine months into the state's constitution, taking it out of hands of the elected representatives to actually deal with this issue. But the effect of issue one would have an, ero an erosion on parental rights. It raises concerns about several other things as well. Joining me now to discuss issue one is Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. General Yost, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Good to be with you. So tell us your concerns with issue one and what it would do as it's on the ballot in Ohio. Well, you know, a lot of people think that this is some kind of reset button to take it back to before uh, the Dobbs decision. In fact, issue one, it goes farther than Casey. It goes farther than Roe versus Wade. It establishes a radical and entirely new legal framework uh, for abortion in Ohio and a new legal standard uh, that we've never seen before uh, for reviewing any proposed legislation. Uh, it, it's just too radical for Ohio or most of the country. I mean, this would put you in league with uh, California, New York, states like that? Yeah, in some ways, uh, we would be competing with them for the title of uh, most abortion-friendly, and Ohio is not that. So let's talk about some of the, the laws that uh, Ohio have. For instance, parental notification laws, uh, informed consent, w would those types of laws be uh, eliminated? And obviously, that's going to be up to litigation and the specific laws and the court decisions. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, under Roe versus Wade, parental notification laws and consent laws were struck down by the Supreme Court of the United States. It's the It was only after Casey kind of walked back Roe versus Wade a little bit, that those kinds of laws uh, or the partial birth abortion restrictions were uh, allowed to stand constitutionally. So uh, it, it happened before. This is a broader standard than Roe. It's hard to believe that it won't be challenged. And uh, as the guy will have to defend it in court, I'm really nervous about the ability to uphold even something like parental consent for minors. So this goes way, as you said, way beyond what we had before the Dobbs decision a little over a year ago. I mean, this this literally will will put Ohio's any type of pro-life legislation on the defensive. That's absolutely right. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this is an off-year election. We don't have a governor's race or a United States Senate or the president or all those kinds of things. Um, people aren't used to voting in odd-numbered years. And the fate of this issue is going to come down to who shows up to vote. Uh, the, everybody that I talk with that asks what does this do when they understand it, uh, even people that self-identify as pro-choice, say this is too much. They're mm -hmm. not for it. And uh, the key thing, uh, any of your fine uh, watchers, viewers in Ohio, please, if you have not voted early, make sure you get to vote tomorrow. Uh, if you have friends in Ohio, 
call them and ask, did you vote yet? Mm -hmm. uh, if you uh, call the people in your church or your Bible study group, uh, make sure that the word gets out because this is going to go up or down based on who shows up at the polls tomorrow. Well, I've got uh, lots of family in Ohio, and that's the state of my birth. So I got a lot, uh, lots of folks there. And I'm, when I get off the program here, I'm going to text them and make sure they're turning out to vote tomorrow. Now, you mentioned the uh, th this is an issue that's drawn a lot of outside money. Um, you said it's you know when people when it's explained to them, a lot of that money has been used to distort what this really does. Can you share that with us? Well, first of all, it's important to recognize that a lot of the funders for this um, are are backing the extreme progressive left wing agenda, um, and they're not going to stop with this. But you know, things uh, just as simple uh, as partial birth abortion uh, that will be all, very difficult, almost impossible to defend if issue one passes. Uh, because uh, it's all, we're only allowed to regulate to promote the health of the mother. So the fact that our society looks at partial birth abortion and says that is too grisly, that is too far beyond the pale, uh, we cannot condone that kind of of, of procedure. Doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't have anything to do with the health. And so we're going to be in a position where even a ghastly procedure like that is going to be difficult to defend. Wow. Wow. General Yost, thanks so much for uh, joining us today and sounding the alarm for Ohio voters tomorrow. And thank you for your help with your friends and relatives back here in the Buckeye State. I'll be calling them shortly. General Dave Yost of Ohio. So if you live in Ohio, make plans now if you've not already voted to vote tomorrow. Actually, one and two. Vote against one and two. Two has to do with uh, recreational marijuana. All right, coming up next, we have the Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Instruction. Don't go away. We're back. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution 
what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Just finishing up texting my friends and family in Ohio. So be sure if uh, you live in Ohio, make sure you vote tomorrow. Again, if uh, you'd like more information on what's on the ballot in those states that are voting tomorrow, uh, Mississippi, Kentucky, New Jersey, Virginia, Ohio, text GUIDE to 67742. That's GUIDE to 67742. Well, as lawmakers and education leaders in Oklahoma continue their efforts to eliminate woke ideology and indoctrination from public schools in their state, some textbook publishers have uh, read the writing on the wall and they've retreated, knowing that questionable content throughout their material would fail to pass the state's rigorous new standard of review. These vendors have withdrawn their books from consideration for use. So, Simply by conducting rigorous scrutiny of textbooks to eliminate woke indoctrination, schools in Oklahoma are allowed to focus on, guess what, the solid fundamentals of education. Joining me now to discuss this is Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters. Ryan, welcome back to the program. Sure, appreciate you having me on, Tony. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you speak clearly and you hold folks accountable, and we have been very clear, we are not going to allow indoctrination in our classroom. We're going to get back to a focus on the basics. And, and hey, vendors, if you can't do that, you can go sell your product in California. But, you know, Gavin Newsom will welcome you with open arms. But here in Oklahoma, our parents have spoken loudly and clearly. Get the woke ideology out. Help our kids learn to read and do math, and that's exactly what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Well, to to me, it's like uh, you know, turning the light on, and you're seeing all these little furry things scurry, uh, running away because you're actually scrutinizing what's in those textbooks, and they've been able to basically get a pass. Nobody's really looked at it to give much con- or shown much concern about the woke ideology, but now Oklahoma and and hopefully some other states are are really shining the light on this. You know, and that's um, what you've seen is these vendors continue to bully states into pushing this ideology. You know, what they do is, hey, they create these textbooks in New York or L.A., and they say, listen, you know, we've got a lot of customers here, and if you don't like it, that's fine. We're not going to change what we're doing. 
But our state legislature and our great governor, Kevin Stitt, we passed laws that said, look, we're not going to do critical race theory in the classroom. We passed rules here at the State Board of Education. We're not going to allow all this uh, sexualized material into the classroom either. And we were very clear with vendors, we're not going to do it. And, and what you see is, again, and, and Tony, it's a multifaceted effort to get this ideology out of schools. Number one, you got to go get it out of your public schools. You have to do that. But number two, you've got to get more of an ability for kids to go to private and Christian schools if their parents want them to. And so we have the first Christian charter school in the country that's going to open up here in Oklahoma. And I mean, again, you know, what's funny is, you know, these Christian schools, you're not going to see them wanting to go push some kind of radical atheist ideology. And so you got to get this garbage out of the public schools, but also give parents the opportunity to send their kids to Christian schools so that you know that your kid is going to have a great education and not have this type of left-wing ideology in their day-to-day school. It's it's almost like we're going to have textbooks for red states and textbooks for blue states because more and more of the red state governors, legislatures, uh, and now, thankfully, this is something new we never really thought we would have, is superintendents like yourself who've come into this arena and are addressing these issues. So, And I would think with today's technology and the way books are published, it would be uh, a lot easier to do than it would have been, say, uh, 30, 40 years ago when you had to have those hardback uh, printed textbooks. You know, that's exactly what I told our textbook committee. I go, guys, there's plenty of great materials out there. I mean, there is plenty of conservatives and Christians that are putting together materials. There's so much available online. Again, the left lost their mind here in Oklahoma when we made Prager University available statewide for every student, for every parent across the state. And we said, listen, there's plenty of great material out there that talk about our founding. There's plenty of great math material that can help students read on grade level. We're never going to be held captive by woke companies trying to dictate to our state what our education system is going to look like. So, And this is a path for other states to follow. Guys, lead on this issue. Don't allow the left to capture these kids. They are truly pushing state-sponsored atheism in our schools by pushing all this indoctrination in math classes. I mean, what in the world can be their explanation for pushing this in math classes? And it shows you their end goal here too, by the way. So if you're in a math, if they're willing to cut off customers, right? They're willing to say, well, we're not gonna do business in red states. They're actually hurting their bottom dollar, but they don't care. They are on a spiritual war path for our kids. Their mission is to create social socialist left-wing ideologues out of our kids. You know, uh, Superintendent Walters, I mean, I think that is so on target because many people ask the same thing about corporate America. Why are these big corporations willing to lose all this money? This is not a good business proposition. But it's not about business. It used to be, you know, boycotts would make a difference because it was about the bottom line being the dollar. It's not the case anymore. These are ideologically driven corporation companies, textbooks, as you said, trying to indoctrinate our children. And look, you know, the radical left-wing ideology, this woke mind virus, it's a cult. I mean, you look at their belief system, they'll hurt themselves they will damage their family. They will damage their shareholders for this crazy belief system that they hold dear. And so that's where we've got to, we have to push back. You have to use um, every power that you have in government to say, listen, no, our, our kids are not for sale. We're not going to go give our kids away because a vendor wants to come in here and pressure us to do something. We're not going to give our kids away to the teachers unions. We're not going to give our kids away to some woke 
atheist law firm. We're getting sued left and right from these atheist law firms from out of state. And our answer is no. You know, we're not going to back down out of fear of being sued by you all. You see this being a new weapon by the left being utilized. And we've got to see states fight back. You can win. Most Oklahomans, I've gotten so much correspondence from Oklahomans around the state thanking me for driving out these woke vendors. And again, our left-wing media, they cry about it. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe, you know, that, that textbook companies are leaving. Well, most Oklahomans are going, if they're woke, see you later. Yeah. Get out of the state. And you've got to continue to push an agenda that brings good, principled, conservative values back to your state. Yeah, I mean, just tell those uh, left-wing groups, take a number. If you want to sue us, take a number. Uh, wait in line. Uh, final question for you, uh, Superintendent Walters. How can other states find out what you're doing? Because this is a collaborative effort, the governor, the legislature, yourself. How can they find out more about how they might be able to replicate what's happening in the Sooner State? I appreciate that. We're, we're very active, by the way, on social media. So Ryan Walters, superintendent on Twitter, on Facebook. We really try to push out a lot of what we're doing. We also have a lot of our bigger plans on our website. So OKSDE. Um, .edu, so they can come there as well, and Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com. So we really try to push those things out there. But again, we're leading the country in this. We have a game plan. We have a path forward to put parents back in charge of their kids' education, put God and prayer back in schools, drive the teachers' unions out. And again, this path, we just launched the biggest tutoring initiative in the nation today to get our kids back on track with reading. You can do these things, but you have to beat back the union, the woke ideology, embrace parents, and again, protect religious liberty in our schools, and we can get education back on track. We can get our states and our country back on track if we embrace those ideals moving forward in education. Yep, and get it back to, to like it was when I was in high school there in Oklahoma, back when we actually taught reading, writing, and uh, math. Ryan, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, keep up the great work in Oklahoma. Thank you so much. Can't thank you enough for your work. You're doing a tremendous job and appreciate what you're doing for the country. Thank you. Ryan Walters, superintendent of public instruction there in the state of Oklahoma. Well, as I mentioned, Saturday night in Washington, D.C., it was a Saturday evening, an anti-Israeli mob descended on Pennsylvania Avenue, attempting to breach the north gate of the White House and covering the stone gate with red paint meant to depict blood. Now, even had someone scale the fence. They were pushing on the, the gate. It looked like it was going to break in the video that I saw. They were, sh they were shouting, Allah Akbar. As they said, they scaled, some scaled the fence, waving a Palestinian flag. So let me ask you this question. How many of these vandals and rioters, and by the way, on their way there, they defaced a number of uh, statues uh, in public property here in D.C. How many of these rioters did the seek quit service arrest. Not a single one. Now, this fits a pattern we've seen with a two-tiered system of justice that targets pro-life advocates, conservatives, parents at school board meetings, or individuals nowhere near the Capitol on January the 6th while indulging the lawlessness of the left. Well, joining me now to discuss this, Mike Davis, founder of the Article 3 Project. He previously served in all three branches of government, including the chief counsel for nominations to the Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley and in the Department of Justice and in, during, uh, in the Department of Justice during the George W. Bush administration. Uh, Mike, welcome back to Washington Watch. 
Thank you for having me. So a, a mob chanting Allah Akbar vandalizes property after a failed attempt to breach the North Gate. The Secret Service arrests no one. Everyone walks away, and the media actually says it was a peaceful protest. Your reaction? Yeah, it's amazing. I, it just seems like these protests are peaceful and mostly peaceful when you're dealing with BLM and Antifa and Hamas uh, supporters, uh, and when you deal with pro-life Christians or parents outside of school board meetings or the Kavanaugh confirmation uh, or January 6th, that seems like it's a much different take by the Biden Justice Department. I think this is an important point. Since October 7th, the worst terrorism imaginable in Israel and the, uh, the, the chaos in the United States where you have these BLM and Hamas supporters threatening violence against Jewish Americans, particularly on college campuses, the Biden Justice Department's Civil Rights Division has put out 36 press announcements, including a speech by Kristen Clark, the head of the Civil Rights Division, Biden's Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights. Not one of these 36 announcements deal with these uh, these threats and violence against Jewish Americans. Now, just to uh, to be clear, someone wants to uh, misstate what I said. The, this, from all press reports, the uh, Secret Service made no arrests, but the D.C. police did arrest one protester, I think, for smashing the windows of a local McDonald's, uh, but no other arrests were made. Uh, let me just quote some of the statements that were made here, and, and th- this is reminiscent of what the city looked like in, in 2020 with uh, Black Lives Matter. Here's uh, Marty White, he was from the Community Movement Builders, a nationwide black activist group. Uh, he said this, it, it is right to rebel. Israel can go to hell. Palestinians have a right to fight by any means necessary, and I do mean any means necessary, uh, referring, I assume, to Hamas's slaughtering of innocent Israeli citizens. I mean, this is it, it, it appears to me that the Biden administration is simply trying to appease, just like they're trying to appease Iran and Hamas. They're trying to appease these radical leftists that want to overthrow our own government here in the United States. Yeah. What happened on October, October 7th? We had Iran backed Hamas uh, kidnapping, raping, torturing and murdering uh, women children, babies, the elderly, the disabled. Over 1,300 Israelis were killed. Over uh, 31 Americans were killed. We have over 200 hostages. And you have these BLM and Hamas supporters in the United States blaming Israel and showing the most vile hatred towards Jewish Americans. And the problem is, is that the Biden administration is to be holden to their BLM and Hamas supporting base. Mike, let me ask you this question. When compared to the prosecution of people who were not even in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, some of whom are still being held in prison, have not had trials, is it possible to see this as anything but a two-tiered system of justice in this country? Yeah, I don't think that the Biden uh, administration, President Biden and his Justice Department are even pretending that we have one system of justice in America. Remember, they're going after President Trump, Trump's top aides, Trump's supporters, pro-life Christians praying outside of abortion clinics, parents outraged by gender chaos and the resulting rapes 
in high school bathrooms. The Biden Justice Department is going after them while the Biden Justice Department ignores BLM and Antifa and Hamas supporters and Biden's foreign bribery and corruption scandals. We have a politicized and weaponized justice system, and that is not sustainable as a country. These are republic-ending tactics by these Democrats, and maybe with today's Marxist Democrat Party, maybe that's what they want. <sighs> Mike Davis, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate your, uh, your insight. Thank you. Folks, I, I think this is the, uh, the consequences of uh, elections. I mean, this is what this is. Th- th- this is the result of elections. We need to elect people who understand the rule of law and are willing to uphold the law. I mean, the, the lady justice is blindfolded, right? Supposed to be. Because our system of government does not work without the rule of law. And, of course, I would go further to say that it doesn't work unless we rule ourselves. There's self-government, as I've said before, quoting John Adams, that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. And so what what this administration, what the left is doing is fomenting this lawlessness. And, of course, they've removed the whole foundation of the idea of religion and morality. Folks, we need to pray, we need to vote, we need to stand. Bottom line. And again, if you live in one of these states that have an election tomorrow, text GUIDE to 67742. Make plans now to vote. All right, until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.